0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: Dine Local SD, serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Oh, welcome to the Dine Local SD podcast number 29. Today on the show, we have chef and owner Steve Sheep Riley, a big front door, also known as BFD. Yes. Um, and then we also have Cat, she- Dine Local Esti Cat. Um, so, Sheep is the own- chef, owner, slash operator of BFD, an upscale neighborhood deli in University Heights. He has been a fixture of the San Diego restaurant scene for over 17 years and has been at the helm of such institutions as Kimosabe, Indigo Grill, Firehouse, and Kensington Grill. Welcome. Hi. How are <laughs> Hello. Thanks oh, you have me. such a radio voice. Oh. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, <laughs> How's it today? going?
0: Quite well, thanks. Oh, good. Hey, doing? So uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Sandwiches.
2: Love sandwiches. Yeah, do yes, you? Absolutely.
0: Cool. How did you decide to open Big Front Door, a sandwich shop?
2: Um, boy, going back to the mid-90s, I guess, when I really started cooking professionally um, and getting into the industry, uh, I had a nighttime kind of upscale fine food. I had just gotten into fine food which was a great job. It started at 3 p.m. daily, you know, that night-evening shift. And uh, to keep myself out of trouble, I took a morning position at the sandwich shop. That was pretty popular. I should state this was in Prescott, Arizona, where I started, got, cut my teeth, so to say. Um, and I just always really loved the vibe of the sandwich shop. You know, I grew up in New Jersey. We had sandwich shops and pizza shops and, you know, kind of the equivalent to the taco shop yeah. in San Diego. Um, And it's just kind of always, I always wanted to open something and I wanted it to be kind of manageable. I watched the struggles of of full service operators and things like that. Yeah. So when I had the opportunity, we always had a sandwich shop, you know, concept in line and uh, it was, it was a different name actually. And my business partners that, that we opened big front door with kind of pulled us in and we switched everything around. I have to give my wife complete credit for the name. So (laughs) she came up with that and uh, we went with it. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And that was in
2: 2012? That was in 2012. So luckily at the time, um, the fast casual movement kind of was bubbling and coming out as well. So, you know, aside from just doing a standard restaurant, a standard sandwich shop where you're using, you know, all your cold cuts, we really had the opportunity to to kind of take some of the upscale elements and find food elements and kind of squish it into a sandwich shop and still keep the elements of like the neighborhood. You know, we see our customers two, three, some of them we see every day. And that's like, that's what I really like. It's that dependability of, you know, a good day, a bad day. Yeah. Just, you know, food is what keeps us going for almost all occasions. Yeah. So, you know, celebratory or just out of necessity or, some days you really need a cookie.
0: Some days <laughs> you do really need a yes. cookie. I would agree. Um,
1: so how did, you, how did you get into the food industry?
2: Um, just I guess by chance. Uh, I had moved to Prescott, Arizona and was doing some landscaping. I had done graphic design and, and printing, offset printing. Um, I had always been interested in food. And um, I guess I didn't realize how to make a profession out of it at that point. I grew up cooking. Um, It it was kind of came to me. Um, And I had an opportunity to get a job at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Oh, yeah. So small aeronautics school in Prescott, Arizona, uh, had a big international student base And I got a job in the cafeteria there, which sounds kind of weird, but in reality, I didn't realize at the time I was kind of the weekend filling guy. So they had an Italian section and a Mexican section and an Asian section, and I got they had, you know, brought in people to work all of these areas, and I got to train with all of them because they were off on the weekend, and I covered all their spaces. So
1: Mm -hmm. you got to learn everything. I had to learn everything. Yeah,
2: but it was kind of just crash course training. Looking back, that. You know, I had to do all of these different types of cuisine and then cover the grill and then run around and do it all on the weekends. There weren't that many students, but it definitely got me really jazzed Mm. about it. A couple months after that, I decided to ditch everything and I took off on fish tour and sold quesadillas.
0: (laughs) 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 I do want to hear about the quesadillas out of the VW bus.
2: Yes, that is that story. Not just a rumor. Not just a rumor. Absolutely not. It was 1995. Um It was a really good time. Yeah, we packed up with some friends and two Coleman camp stoves and some griddles, stop along the way. And, you know, you get back east, and in 1995, people didn't really know what a quesadilla was. Really? No, not in northeastern America. You'd be surprised.
1: uh, Here we're like, staple. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) No,
2: it wasn't until you started coming out west. I mean, then it was kind of... Just the beginning of what I like to call the food network effect. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you didn't have, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, trying to get Chipotle, (laughs) trying to get Chipotle's back on the East Coast or something like that. It's just non-existent. You know, people didn't have the knowledge of all the different cultures of cuisine and everything that was out there. So, Fascinating. Um, Lucky when I got back from tour, um, a friend that had got me the job at the college got me a job at a restaurant called Sienna, which was a group of people from Los Angeles that had just moved to Arizona after the Northridge earthquake Mm. and kind of brought their type of cuisine out of Los Angeles to Arizona, which was a great experience. So I spent about four years there as the old, like the lead sous chef line cook. There was only one line cook and I had an assistant on the So,
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. Um, So, I have two questions and they're totally uh, different. So I'm gonna ask Ready? the first one first. I'm gonna ask the first one first. <laughs> yeah, good, a good idea. <laughs> Your nickname, yep. sheep. Go on.
2: <laughs> it's because of my hair. Oh, Okay. <laughs> it's actually sheep head in ah, full. So um, okay. I you know it's shortened to sheep over the yeah, years. Sure. And uh, it, I was a freshman in high school. And at, you know, the first party with the people that I really wanted to hang out with. And it was the early 90s, so it was kind of the alternative crowd. And um, it was about Halloween. And someone screamed, hey, you look like a sheephead, sheephead. And it was horrifying. It it was absolutely horrifying. So in the meantime, I'm starting a band with these people. And uh, we get our band going. And they decided the name of the band was Sheephead. Oh, So that was... (laughs) kind of had to throw your arms up in the air. Yeah. So yeah. since about 15, I have been called sheep or
0: sheephead. Or
1: nice. Some form. Cool. <laughs> so. It seems like you really embraced it. Yeah, you do. I'm you like you finally do. You yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's so close to your name. It right? is. It's it's
2: like... And then just all the variances I get yeah, called sure. over there. Yeah. Shep, Steve. You know, yeah. people think it's Steve when they hear sheep. And anyway, yeah. yeah, I just go with it. There you go. <laughs> that's the
0: spirit. Um, okay. My next question has nothing to do with that. Sandwiches, again. Yes. Uh, One of our other podcasts, that film here, is called All Forked Up. Mm -hmm. And they had a sandwich episode a few months ago. And they asked this question, and I'm stealing it from them. Great. What is more important, the bread or the filling?
2: I think it's the balance Ooh, wild card. <laughs> or as you will see the meat to bread ratio oh, okay. filling to bread ratio overall of the sandwich sure so um, um I, again i think it's it's no one thing that can make a great sandwich it's, yeah it's a lot of components that that add them together so perfect and what Thanks, is your you know, favorite sandwich
0: on your menu currently
2: i think my personal favorite and i don't say this often because oh. i always say like because people ask, what's your favorite? Yeah. I'm the wrong person to ask. It's like choosing a favorite child. You <laughs> right. only tell them. You don't tell everybody, <laughs> yeah. right? Um But my favorite, I think, is the rib sandwich, the baby back oh, rib cool. sandwich. So Never it's a pretty simple one. Um I think it, it always came up. I grew up seeing the McRib on TV mm, and yes. advertising, like, this loyal following. And you look at it, and you want to love it, but it's just such a horrible thing. Yeah, <laughs> It doesn't even taste good. It's, so like, it's,
0: fakely, like... Indented, ribby, so. yeah, yeah, it's like big ribby. Yeah,
2: I won't even get into <laughs> yeah. how it's made and stuff, but yeah. yeah so it's turning that out less processed, and I'm just a, also a huge barbecue fan. And
1: cool, like that. So awesome. So
2: that's my favorite.
1: All right. Yeah, you have quite a few different things on the menu. There was one. There was the what was the one that Judy had. The the Thanksgiving open face. Oh thing? Yeah, yeah, the OFT, the open faced
2: yeah. turkey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we smoke and roast all our meats in house nice. and. You have all these wonderful drippings and juices, so you got to. We turn that into gravies and our stocks, and it just all compiles into certain things. Um, With our sandwiches, I do try and kind of take little journeys and make sure you know, like the wasabi beef is a really like kind of Japanese flavor profile. Uh, We have the B three, which is like blackened chicken, brie, and Brussels sprouts, which I kind of make kind of like a French Creole Louisiana style sandwich. Yeah, Um, I'm hungry. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know. I'm like,
2: can we go back for that? <laughs> uh The Cali Cubano is one of our,
1: you know, you got, that's very
2: what I got. popular. Yeah, we sell a lot of those. And, you know, a lot of places do Cubanos, and we don't even press ours. So, you know, and I use just a pork loin in there, but we do cure and smoke it our in-house. Cool. Um, turns out to be a really nice sandwich.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tasty.
2: Uh, and things like the club, you know, I talk about those those customers that we see all the time. Right. They don't eat the crazy stuff. They eat, Standard. you know, cobbler salad. <laughs> they eat, yeah. You know, there's a lot to be said about a club sandwich. Delicious. It's a very important staple in our lives.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh, And you had mentioned earlier, I asked you about your bread, and you said you get that from Sadie Rose. Yes. How many different types of bread do you Um, use?
2: On a daily basis, I think we use four different types. I use a torpedo roll, or sorry, I guess the Italian sandwich roll of theirs. Uh, We use a ciabatta roll a lot. I really like their ciabatta. Mm -hmm. Um, Sourdough, whole grain. Sometimes I'll get in a brioche. Cool. Uh, yeah, flatbreads. Yeah. It's fun. Whatever, whatever you whatever, feel like. We can do whatever we like.
0: That's Isn't the that the best part of it?
2: It is the best part <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's what keeps me going most yeah. days. You know, yeah. the thrill of feeding people and right. nourishing them.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, I think you guys should be able to see on the screen right now um, their their menu um, up there if you're watching on Facebook Live. Um, if you're not watching on Facebook Live, you can go to bfdsandiego.com and check it out as well. Um, but you can see they have all their sandwiches up there. And then you guys have a whole list of salads as well.
2: Yeah, we do quite a few salads. Um, a lot of, we, we just have a lot of healthy options. Uh, there is no fryer, no flat top, no grill. Um, the amount of oils that I use to produce are probably about a tenth of any other restaurant I've ever worked at. So it's just, it's food you can eat every day and it doesn't.
1: Totally.
2: yeah awesome Way down. Um, and cookies yeah uh, that's a whole other story <laughs> it's my nemesis on a daily basis <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: yeah you gave us like a box to go and um i pretty much didn't share it with gone. anybody it,
2: you know <laughs> you didn't have
1: to yeah <laughs> there was like oatmeal you gave us oatmeal, oatmeal. the um, chocolate chip cookie chocolate chip. and then there was the chocolate
2: the double chocolate double pistachio ch- with yeah. sea salt yeah. yeah that one was designed for my wife so yeah <laughs> that's our treat although we eat a lot of chocolate chip ones yeah yeah uh, we do coconut macaroons too i do like this chocolate bomb it's like a fudge filled brownie Ooh. Um, some other stuff pumpkin bread brioche mm-hmm. we do all we do all of our baked goods in house
0: cool awesome. so it's not the bread. and your wife works with you at the
2: right thing. alongside oh yes. that's so, adorable yep we are partners um and she's she actually even she was. A ton of management experience. Yeah. Uh, she still works for Pizza Nova. She's been with oh, cool. them 15 years, a couple of days a week. Uh, but with this whole experience, he's really taken on the food component of it. Yeah. So, you know, she's really... She, we'll be working at the sandwich table together some days, which
0: is awesome.
2: something I kind of never imagined over the yeah. years. But it's really great. We work well together. Cool. And uh, I guess I know when to walk away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least shut up. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> One or the other. I I'm going to excuse myself
0: for that. <laughs> so... Um, Big front door in University Heights on Park Boulevard opened yes. in 2012. Yes. And then you just recently opened a second location. A yeah. Outpost. Tell us about that. Kind of a
2: collaboration, so to say. Mm. Uh, I guess it's been since March or April. We opened up the food component of Bottle Craft Solana Beach. Awesome. So uh, we have about 10 sandwiches, a salad up there. I do some other kind of beer-oriented food. We do smoked wings. Mm. or make, We smoke the wings, make all the hot sauce. And wing sauce. Um, what else do I do up there? It's a little different. I actually have some <clears throat> changes coming up that we'll start doing some other more beer. Yeah. You can drink there. So. Oh, fun. People yeah. sit down, just kind of yeah. sharing food. Yeah, so. cool. Um, working on some items like that that wow. still stick within the line of what we do. Sure. Yeah.
0: that's. Uh, I love that you smoke and roast all of your own meats because I feel like as a sandwich shop that um, – it can really set you apart to have that more uh, personal touch.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. I came up with the idea, I don't know, it was a while ago and always kind of wanted to execute it. I know I'd worked some places that would do, you'll do just your roast beef or one or two things specific and it was nice to kind of take it all on. So, yeah. yeah, I don't do any curings. Well, sorry, I don't do any extended curing, I should say. So we don't have any salamis, mm. which I'm a huge fan of yeah. personally, but it just didn't fit in with this because sure. just kind of that fresh and production. I want to be able to keep up with
0: everything. Yeah, definitely. So,
2: yeah, it's it's been a thrill, and we've been able to keep up with it, and I yeah. do. I feel like the the quality of the product has definitely come through for yeah. the effort that we put <clears> into <throat>
1: it. Absolutely. Um, so you were, before uh, we were recording, you were talking about – being on the radio, yes, radio show.
2: So uh, Sunday nights from 10 p.m. till midnight, if anyone's still awake <laughs> or turns on the radio at all these days, uh, on locally channel 949, I provide food and talk music with TJ and Dan and Jesse, um, and we have lots of local musicians in and you know some pretty heavy hitters too. There's a lot of great people. There's a really really vibrant music scene in the city, and it is blossoming more and more every day. So. Yeah. A lot of great venues, and um, a lot of it actually is about what it takes as a musician to get out there and even have a shot at it. Yeah, and, and how much you have to apply yourself, and all the different components that you have to apply yourself as far as being a business person and a creative type, and all this. Which amazingly, you can pretty much cross over right into the
0: restaurant. I was just going to say, I'm like, feel like there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of
2: crossover. So, um, you know, keeps me involved in the music scene, which yeah. I love being part of. You know, again, I kinda like feeding feeding artists is yeah. Know, always a good thing.
1: Whether but- it's quesadillas or <laughs> 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 now we do sandwiches. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean I think that we talk we talked about music a lot. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. you know, it's music is such an important thing in, in the kitchen and in It know, really is. Yeah. Yeah. Is. There's so many parallels between, you know, being being a chef tour, and you know, and a uh, a musician in that they're yeah. good to be creative and, like, that kind of vibe translates.
2: And there's a lot of musicians in the restaurant industry <laughs> yep, just yeah. because of the flexibility of the schedules. And, you know, you can you can make it so that you can play right. some nights and get right. those nights off when you need. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting part. It's something I kind of fell into, and it's been almost three years now, which is cool. amazing. I never – Never expected <laughs> it to be part of my life. but yeah. it, it's a good time. That's awesome. Those are usually the best things. right? Yeah, the people I've gotten to meet through it is is amazing. Yeah, it's been a great experience. Yeah, very
1: cool. So, what's the hardest part about making a sandwich?
0: Ooh, good one. <laughs> so
2: the hardest part: the stack. Oh, yeah. the stack right. Okay, you know, it's important. Again, it's back to that balance, the like uh-huh. filling versus bread ratio and um, consistency. Make sure the same every time. Yeah. That yeah. probably, again, can transpire to most most items in the restaurant industry. <laughs> sure. The struggles we're all up against on a daily basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: When you're hiring staff, yes. do you find that some people don't get your, like, they see, like, oh, it's a sandwich shop. Like, they don't understand your full vision, or how do you really get your point across?
2: Um, that's a good question, because another obstacle that all of us are up against in the restaurant industry is staff. And... Um, being a sandwich shop and kind of in the fast casual scene and probably not as an established chef as some of the more predominant ones in town. Um, yeah, a lot of times I'm hiring these people and training them yeah. from, you know, I get their experience they're getting is a lot of customer service mm-hmm. and more of the fast, not fast. Yeah, I guess fast food. I mean, yeah, but you can see when people have an interest in the food and those are the ones who yeah. really try and scoop up. Cool. You can nurture them and, you know, a part of this business is learning and training and sharing. Yeah, and all of that. So cool. get people that are interested in that. I'm a viber in a big yeah. way. a lot of times, yeah, like, yeah. can we work with these people, can we communicate? Yeah, Um Goes back and forth, and um, we work in tight quarters. And it is an interesting situation for my employees. I mean, they work right alongside us yeah. a lot of days. Yeah. So you know, we're right in the trenches with them. Right. And, you know that is an. It's a different perspective. It's an interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. But again, very it's really cool. Yeah. I love it. We love what we do. Cool. So
1: Yeah. How do you come up with the different ideas for your sandwiches?
2: I wish I knew sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In your head?
2: A lot of times, yeah. It's like driving down the street or, you know, I record a voice memo or I'll have because um, we do our sandwich of the season, which mm-hmm. rotates sometimes not as much as I'd like it to, but it does rotate overall. <laughs> Um, And a lot of times I'll kind of have a theme that I want to go to or a place that I want to take a journey to and I'll have kind of the base and then it starts just kind of just kind of coming together. Yeah. And it's usually there's that one thing that won't be quite working and sometimes it'll be months. I know like our Buffalo chicken sandwich, um, since we don't have a fryer, like getting it to hold Mm. that hot sauce, it was just like falling off, falling off. Uh, You know, finally I put cabbage under there and it held it. I mean, it's... Simple things like that, right. but it's about making sure that that's that like product, it has the crunch and it holds the sure. sauce and it's not just going all over the place. Yeah, right. but we have messy sandwiches, but, you
0: know. So it makes that's a good, good sandwich, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it goes along with the stack, yeah, yeah you know, like... sta- yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> also the wrap, the paper wrap,
2: yeah, so Importante. <laughs> yeah. And I actually have to give credit to uh, so the sandwich shop I started working at was Nick's Feed Your Face in Prescott, Arizona. Um, they're still there. Uh, Nick and Madeline are, they're just great people. Yeah. I mean, they took care of us for years and years and their daughter actually lives in Talmadge here. So oh, I get nice. to see her. He's been in the store um, cool. and, and they have their Chicago style. So he grew up in Chicago, son of a sandwich. Maker. I guess he was a second generation <laughs> sandwich maker, but
0: <laughs> big well. dreams.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, I'm gonna rewind quite a bit, good, because <clears throat> you and I have something in common. We both worked at the Prado.
2: Uh, I didn't work at the Prado. Oh, sorry. just
0: kidding. We both worked for the Cones. We
2: both worked for the Cones. You worked at, right. at Kemosabe. I was at Kemosabe and Indigo Grill. Okay, for six years. I Deb worked with Scott. Deborah, yes. How was my that? wife did work at the Prado.
0: Oh, maybe that's so, it. So. I'm like, what uh,
2: have you guys done? It, we're still dear friends. Yeah, it was cool. some of the best experiences of my life. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, just the Cones and you really got full access to to how these things operate. Yeah. Um and in a period in their company they were really growing. Um I was the executive sous chef of Indigo Grill when it opened in 2001, which was it was a hot thing. I was going to say I remember really when Indigo like opened. Cool experience. Yeah. It was um, just exposed to so many different styles of cooking and um just that was like my first real big budget. Yeah yeah you could do all this stuff you know you get to order the equipment you need
0: right so
2: many of us have done this on a shoestring for so many years yeah. it's like just getting by but um yeah and and really i did all kinds i started out as a chef with her and by the time i left indigo grill i was the general manager awesome so i kind of cross plot crossed yeah crossed sides how'd I that go uh, <laughs> uh really well <clears throat> yeah. i managed for four or five years various okay. restaurants uh Firehouse, I was a general manager of, so I got to put that together cool. in 2007 with PB. Matt Spencer. and T- Yeah, okay. PB. Yeah. So that's a whole other experience <laughs> yeah. in its own, you know? <laughs> it's a PB um, land. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And there was a recession that time, so, yeah. you know, you had the market crash, and it's yeah. interesting because like, you know what's recession-proof is beer. college yeah. kids buying beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get their allowance, they go spend it yeah. on alcohol because mm-hmm. uh, we we're doing all right when other places were really struggling at yeah. the time.
0: So we should open a bar. Yeah. <laughs> it has its own, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I did work with Tracy Borkum oh, yeah. over at Cucina Urbana. Uh, Ch- I actually worked at Chive. Tribe? Yeah, the okay. old one there. I was just a server there. Cool. And then uh, when, she, when I wrapped up at Firehouse, she had just opened Cucina Urbana. Okay. So I went over, worked with her, and started managing. Then she put me at Kensington Grill, which oh, is yeah. one of my – most favorite, dearest, loved restaurants Aww, for yeah. years and years. So that was before I worked there. And then I had the pleasure of working there for almost four years. Very cool.
0: Awesome. So you have a lot of varied experience, front and back of house, front and sandwiches back. and quesadillas. <laughs> and, uh, and so when you decided to open Big Front Door, uh, you know, opening a restaurant of any size of any sort can be pretty overwhelming and intimidating. Absolutely. Did you feel like you had all the tools in your belt? And if you, uh, were there any surprises along the way?
2: It's been nonstop surprises. Yeah. I think that's part of the thrill.
0: Right. Um,
2: I'll definitely say, is I thought I had a lot of the tools in my belt, which I did. I had sure. years of doing it. It was my, I opened five or six restaurants. Yeah. But nothing could have prepared me. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> Just Until about you're the in things, the unknowns. St- yeah. yeah. No, and like it's still what
2: keeps me going. Thing. I love it. But yeah. yeah, the obstacles of bureaucracy and, yeah. uh, you know, regulations and rules and.
0: And yeah. it's ever evolving too, right?
2: ever evolving. Yeah. It does not stop. Yeah. And it all costs money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're ultimately the one that's everything comes down on.
2: Yeah. If anything goes no, wrong. It's absolutely like... right. You know, and I had coordinated all the components before, but there's still not something that. Right. There, You know, yeah. when it's yours, <laughs> it's an entirely different animal. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Awesome.
2: Yeah. No, it's fun. The experience you're thinking about doing it. Get out there and get all the experience on all yeah. sides you can. Cool. <laughs> every every experience I've ever had has definitely helped. Contributed, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. So when you opened the, so you opened your university lo, university location and then your Solana Beach. What what do you see as the different the main differences like pluses and minuses of the two?
2: Um, so the university location, University Heights, is—I mean—that's my store. Yeah, you know, built it from the ground up. It produces all of our food. Uh, we run pop-ups out of there, all our events out of there. Um, the food actually for Solana Beach comes out of there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still a kitchen up there, but not as much production. Um, I'd say the biggest difference, aside from the fact that you can drink beer in Solana Beach, mm-hmm. is the fact that it's a collaboration. So oh, sure. we're collaborated with Bottlecraft brian jensen um i think you'll start to see a lot more of that mm-hmm. especially for the smaller independent operator yeah um it's a really good avenue for us to go it gets us, you know yeah again it's not all on us right. it's like i got yes. some, all of a sudden i have somebody else to share some of the oh, stuff with it. and bounce ideas off and um and you see that with like mastiff sausage in north yeah. park beer yep. company and and mm-hmm. some things like that so i think it's a great way for a small operator to kind of get out there and mm-hmm. get into scenes
1: yeah, Bottlecraft does, does a really great job. It does a great job. I mean, they do, they do that as well. And I mean, they're, they're in Liberty Station. Yep.
2: Um, he does Benissimo Cheese in his north, north Park location. North Park, yep. And, uh, you know, it contributes. He's really good at doing special events and, yeah. and collaborating mm-hmm. with all the brewers. His, the beers he gets are absolutely amazing. Especially up, if you're into beer, come check out the Bottlecraft draft list because it's a lot of items and a lot of beers from kind of the North. Oh, nice. side of things a lot yeah. of orange county a lot of oh. la a lot mm-hmm. of monterey and way up north and it's kind of a, different, a different scene than what you get yeah at the other
1: location right i remember so. going to when you first opened the little italy uh, location on, oh, it was yeah. on india street yep and i was just like amazed. i went in there and it, they were still kind of like under construction <laughs> but i was just like i and i could never you could never find at that point you couldn't find gluten-free beers yeah. anywhere yeah. and so you'd go in there and they just had this great selection of Things that you couldn't be able to find at a regular yeah. liquor store, and so it made it really unique and mm-hmm. fun.
2: Yeah, and it's a they're
1: knowledgeable, cool little
2: and, business model. It's yeah. not like you can buy one beer. Or something you know, you right, know yeah. non-committal and the big so, things. That yeah, right. <laughs> a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: awesome.
2: But yeah, so the, I mean, they're they're kind of they have a totally different feel when you're in them. Um, and also, I should say, Bottlecraft runs more on the evening night side of things. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the Park Boulevard location is lunch. a lot of lunch. Yeah, yeah. So we do a lot of business lunch, a lot of neighborhood.
1: Yeah. yeah, so you're open, what, 11 to 8?
2: 11 to 8 daily on Park Boulevard, mm-hmm. right next to Sprouts there. It's 4135 Park Boulevard. Um, and then in Solana Beach is Monday through Thursday, 3 to 9. 4 to 9, sorry, the kitchen's open. <laughs> 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 get the shop's yeah. open. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we are 11 to 9, so we get full days cool. there. And it should be in the next probably 8-ish months you'll start to see our, our hours expand. Uh nice. His liquor license only lets him serve certain uh, hours. So it's mm-hmm. that kind of, na- again, navigating yeah. the bureaucracy, yeah, as we right. explained. Um, so cool. that one wrap up. It's a great to get into another neighborhood, too, and yeah. right on the beach up there. Especially one there. that's
0: a decent ways apart.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good reach for us.
0: Good, good. And you had mentioned earlier that you have some really cool events coming
2: up. We have some great events coming up, actually. Um, something that I signed up for a while ago... <clears throat> Not realizing how big of a deal it is, <laughs> was the Breeders' Cup, which is November 3rd and 4th. So we'll be vending at the Taste of Breeders' Cup, which is in the infield. Um, I think Saturday's sold out already. I think there Ooh. may be some tickets for Friday. Yeah, no, it's... It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Apparently, a lot of the grandstand tickets sold out in, like, February. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's deal. a huge Yeah, it's an international extravaganza. Wow. So there'll be events for that all week, uh, but the 3rd and 4th is the actual day. Uh, and then the week after that's also the first weekend of beer week. So yeah. Beer week's also a big, big, big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but towards the second weekend of beer week on Friday, November 10th, we'll be doing our annual seafood boil at Coronado Brewing over on Knoxville street. So at their main brewery, oh. it's the second year we're doing it. Um, it was a huge success last year and a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so we do, it's called the Baracho boil. So we steam a bunch of seafood and michelada. Nice. <laughs> keeping the beer theme going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah it's, Come get a big, kind of get a big hotel pan of stuff and go crack it open with all your friends. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. That sounds super fun. Yeah. Good times.
1: Yeah. And then do you, you have every every Tuesday from five to nine?
2: Yep. We are at Coronado Brew, um doing our pop-up. We serve, you know, six or eight sandwiches. Cool. All the hits, I like to say. Yeah. A lot of hot stuff because we sell, yeah. again, nighttime people eat hot sandwiches. <laughs> True. It <laughs> goes with beer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Um if you guys are on Instagram and on Facebook, you can follow Big Front Door at BFD San Diego. Check out their um, social media or their, excuse me, their menu <laughs> on bfdsandiego.com. And then um, you guys can check out Chef Kat's uh, dyingly. Yeah, underscore cat with a K. Yes. yes. Yeah. Check out where she's going. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you thank have anything you. else you want to talk about? No, thanks for having me. So much joy. Fun. Yeah, joy. Yeah, so much we, to talk about. We're going to come come back and sample like all of it anytime. Yeah, <laughs> <I want laughs> I'll be there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. And I'll be running up to Slana Beach later. Come on up.
1: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank well, you so much for coming in. You guys can check out more information at dinelocalsdotcom and at Instagram at Yeah.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been a blast.